Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Blue White Breakdown. The premier podcast for all things Penn State football. Talk about culture. It's something that should show up in every aspect of your program. It's the Blue White Breakdown. Brought to you by Penn Live. Here are your hosts, Bob Flounders and David Jones. Dave, I don't know if you're aware of this, but Penn State is in the market for a new offensive coordinator. And uh, maybe one of the le- least surprising, I think, decisions James Franklin has made. It was it was a little quick, but he was pretty upset in the press conference. And he kind of hinted on, on Monday that he... he it was going to come pretty quickly. You think we could get Chip Kelly? <laughs> what didn't, didn't UCLA start pretty good this year? Did they just lose like their last five games? Yeah, they're kind of like uh, Rutgers, actually. <laughs> they're, I think they're six and four. Uh, I think they were like six and one or got something. Got it going a little bit. Yeah, they're, they're six and four now, I'm pretty sure. They, they ran into trouble with Arizona and Arizona State. and th- That was supposed to go a different way. For all those who actually are believing that, that was supposed to go a different way than it was. I think once you're a head coach, you don't want to go back to being a coordinator unless you're Manny Diaz and have no choice. It's different. What about what about Manny? Could he get another head coaching shot? That's something we got to we got to examine after the OC. He can't do much better than he's done at Penn State. So yeah, I mean, he's got to be a commodity. He's going to get paid a lot more by somebody else probably to coordinate their defense. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Did this remind you of all of John Donovan? Kind of, uh, it, it, you saw it coming at least after he threw him under the bus in the post game, right? It j- I just didn't expect it to be the next day. Did you? Uh, no, I did not. That's it's. I think he's always kind of done it. He's always kind of waited till the season, or at least the regular season, has subsided. But I don't know. the The fans were not happy after the game. James knew it. I don't know if that expedited things, but he. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, he 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 made the right decision. I know that. But you I sent me a text right after it happened, and what did you say to me? You remember? Because I, I thought it was very, it was perceptive, and I hadn't thought of that. You remember what you said? No. Go ahead. You said I don't think James liked the way he was treated. On oh oh yeah, Saturday. definitely didn't. Yeah, the, I heard it got pretty nasty. Yes, the fans got pretty nasty. I guess Joe and Joe and Johnny saw it on on the field. I was. I was heading to the uh, Michigan press box, so I did not see it or the, the press, the the post game. Yeah, I just think uh, it was. Look, it was to to lose to lose the way that they did and the way that Michigan did it to them without their head coach. Uh, you know, all of it just kind of it was. They're all multipliers, Dave. They look bad, and this was this was a team. This is a talented team, uh, and it's going to get. It will bear out in future drafts, and it's just. They had, they had to beat one of those two teams. Really, really good defense, and that's the sad thing because wasted. they wasted, wasted probably the best defense yeah. that we've seen here in, since 05, would you Correct. say? Yeah. I would say that. And it's it's uh it, and just to to not even not really even I didn't I don't know. To 
there were times where I thought they weren't even competitive on offense. They weren't in Ohio, they weren't at Ohio State. They had a couple of moments, Dave, in uh, against Michigan, but that first and goal from the three when they settled for the field goal, <laughs> that was bad. Aller lost that fumble when it was still a game, but you know, Michigan just decided we're just going to run the ball. We we got enough. We're good. We're going to run the ball. We're going to beat you. They decided that because they saw no threat. There was no threat in, yeah. in the Penn State offense. And there was no threat in the Penn State offense because they really didn't use the leverage they had. They do did have some leverage with the running game. The running game worked 164 yards. You would have taken that before the game. Would you not? They had leverage with the running game and they never went down the field. Now we know they don't have a lot of downfield threats, but you've got to do play fakes on like sec the second one just i was like oh, what that was i think right then james might have said you know what <laughs> get him out but yeah uh, malik mega because that's a perfect situation to get the ball down the field the playbook's open you can use play action because god knows everyone thinks you're just going to move the sticks get get the first down and yet they they don't even throw beyond the sticks they throw behind the sticks I mean, what are you doing? What are you doing? You've got a limited number of opportunities to use play action and get down the field to help help your guys with vertical a vertical game, and that was one of them. And you just wasted on that. I did not. They actually punted on that possession. I think after getting nine yards on first down. Yeah. So that and the the whole thing was just a crap show, and and for all sorts of different reasons. They played, and the, the, the game was coached like they were desperate. Again, they act desperate. Even if you know your offense is crap, you have to act like, act with belief. What would, so what's a line from The Verdict, that great, great, great Paul line that, that Paul Newman said, uh, act as if you, ye had faith, and faith will be given to you. So that, that is the way a lot of people work in jobs. They fake it until they make it. You have to act as if your offense has some capability. And I think it did. You know, Tyler Warren and Theo Johnson are good tight ends. They're not great tight ends. But they were useful down the field in between the hashes on plays like that. And they did get it to, to Johnson once on a play like that. Do it some more. You're not just getting a good downfield play if it works. And there's no guarantee it would have. But you're threatening it. You're bringing the safeties up to, to show them because you're showing them we're willing to do this. They never threatened because they never were willing to do anything. They're just so timid in these two games. And I think that's what drives people crazy the most. Not that they lost, but they they lost like this, you know. Yeah, we might make a mistake. And they've got Aller playing that way now. Yeah, it's uh, it was uh, it was a dark, dark day for. Penn State offense for Penn State coaching, uh, you know, they, they had the crowd ready to go. I mean, they were certainly a factor. And all of it, it just didn't matter. I think Michigan saw through it either going into the game or they knew very, very early in the game that if they just didn't do anything to mess it up, eventually they were going to win. They, were they, also, win. they also saw that the pass rush was going to be a real problem with McCarthy. And that was another reason. Correct. We're not going to let this – we're not going to do something – reckless that lets this defense get a pick six or a scoop and score or something like that. So there's another reason that actually Sharon Moore, a first time acting head coach, outcoached James Franklin. He actually adjusted. He made the only adjustment of the game 
which was that. We're just going to run 32 straight times, not counting the pass they threw that was a DPI, which was a gift, which was not a DPI, but they gave it to them. That was a pass that was thrown, and people keep not mentioning that, but it wasn't really 32 straight runs. But that doesn't count in the stats, so it doesn't look like a pass. Anyway, a bigger picture question now, because I think that was a threshold game. Do you agree? For James Franklin, it looks like we've hit a spot where the, the, even the true believers are kind of losing belief and they're thinking, they're questioning. And yet, the guy keeps going 10 and 2, 11 and 2. Uh, you, you can't fire him, can you, and buy out 64 million? No, that's, that's insanity. This isn't Texas AM. This is not AM. It's not Jimbo Fisher. It's not an SEC school. I can't believe even the donors that we know, the big donors, are going to use their own money because Penn State ain't doing it. I mean, Sandy Barber did this with a middle finger running out the door. You didn't see that. <laughs> to the donors. Anyway, a walk-off middle finger from you Sandy? Don't, Is that you, don't like, you don't like me? Well, what do you think of this? Ten years. Here's sign, James. That, that, that's, that's, I, I really think that's what this was. And, you know, he, it doesn't need – people think that we don't like Franklin. We do. We like him. I actually want to see him succeed. But he's got to recruit in different areas that he's not recruiting in, and he's got to coach up guys that he's not coaching up. And the, the main thing they need right now is wideouts. And, I mean, how can Penn State have this kind of wideout room? It just – I mean, what, tell people what you see because you're, you're famous for watching 22 guys and having vision that watches the coach's clip more than the ball all the time. What do you see down there? Well, here? I mean, I think if, if you're a loyal Penn State fan and you go, you go to the games, it's a different view from, from TV. They, the wideouts cannot, cannot get open. I mean, it is astoundingly bad. This is by far the worst wide receiver group that they've had. I, I compared it to 03. <laughs> <laughs> when they had Maserati Mo Humphreys. Um, uh, but Dave, I was, I was thinking, you know, this team from top to bottom is, I think, is is still his most talented team. And, yeah. but, but when I think of the Penn State teams that James has had that have really struck fear into every team they've played on the schedule, it's been the teams where they've had dynamic Skill players. It's it's, and I'm not just talking about running backs. It's it's Chris Godwin. It's Kasiki as a threat. When they had, you know, when they had even Han Dotson still scared the crap out of people. KJ Hamler on that 19 team and the 18 team that took that short pass against Ohio State and turned it into a 93 yard touchdown. If he doesn't get hurt, they still might win that game. Yeah, they they. That's when they've been their most dangerous. And I know, I know, the country is not chock full of elite wideouts, but it's almost become, as you watch this team, it, as, as important as, as it is to have a guy with a, with a cannon, like Drew, if you don't have anybody open, it does not matter. It does not matter, and you're not going to win. I am wondering if he – people – also, this is something else I hear because everyone's speculating about OCs. We could get Moorhead back. He'd make twice as much as what he's – which is true. He'd make twice as much – coming back to BOC again. But A, I don't think you can go home again. B, he's not going to be any more successful than 
than, than Yursich if he has these players and not think of what he had. I mean, he had the perfect personnel for him to, to just keep winging it deep. Hey, Chris, go get it. He, he, he's not going to be any more successful with this group of players than Mike Yursich is. It's the players. And it is the wideouts and guys who are big and fast and can high point balls that give you a chance to go vertical and stretch out the field. If you don't have that, you don't have anything in today's football. Then you're Rutgers, and we haven't even talked about Rutgers because I don't even think – I'm not sure anyone wants to talk about Rutgers, but I watched Rutgers. Rutgers has a lot of good players, but their quarterback and their, their passing game are just an awful problem, and they can't, they can't score. You have to have that or you got nothing. You really do. Dave, the other thing, this is going to sound this is going to sound a little bit weird, but it, for, for, uh, for Joe, for Joe Moorhead – and the RPO system that he runs, um, when you're just talking about fits, what you really need is a, is a dual threat. You need, you need a dual threat, like guy that the defense is going to be like, hey, this guy, they, he might keep it 12 times and run for 75 yards and pick up some third downs. Um, I, I think that I'm sure Joe could make, I know Joe could make it work. With, an, with, with a kid like Drew, with, uh, with, with Drew. But really, when you think about those offenses he had at Penn State, you got to, I mean, you know, it's, it's like, it's a little like, well, could, could it have worked with Hackenberg? I don't think, I'm not sure it would have, but I think that Trace was a great fit for his offense. Yes. And they have Bo Prabula. That's where I'm going with that. Oh, I see what you that's mean. That's where I'm going with that. Yeah. You know what I mean? It could get a little weird. You still got to have the wideouts, man. I know, you do. You do, but you also enhance the ability of the wideouts if you're worried about the quarterback. I suppose. But God bless him, Drew. Drew Aller did run 11 yards for a touchdown and did. But it always scared me about this team that he just isn't mobile. And I talked about that all preseason. He can't really give you a threat that way. And they don't want to, they didn't want to hurt him with Prabula or Trace McSorley. More McSorley, you knew he was going to elude a big hit. He was just slippery and he didn't get hit hard except for the Wisconsin game. I think he really got sandwiched and and really racked up, but he was he was sturdy for a little guy too. Uh, there were a lot of advantages in that offense over this one, a ton. But they probably they didn't have as good an offensive line as this team. That wasn't a bad offensive line, and McSorley and Barkley and all those receivers, including Gasicki, masked it. They 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 were allowed to do things that really didn't involve the offensive line. So many times, Barkley would have to make his first move laterally just to get out of a free rusher coming in five yards behind the line of scrimmage. Or McSorley would duck in, in, in between the pressure that would have gotten Drew Aller or Christian Hackenberg or any number of other Penn State quarterbacks. Now, was McSorley perfect? No. I mean, his 2018 season... Wasn't all that great when Barkley was gone and his receivers beat up. <laughs> yeah, we got the crap beat out of him a little yeah. bit. So you need everything, is what I'm saying, to run at optimum efficiency, no matter who the coordinator is. Um, and, and in the same way that I think John Donovan was always a scapegoat for that limited arsenal, I think Mike Yurisich has been a scapegoat here for a very limited offense that can only do so much. Now, could he have schemed guys open a little better? Yeah. 
could he have called plays better? A lot better. But in the end, this is a limited offense that could only do so much. They have to recruit better wideouts. I mean, there's there's a kid at Maryland, Caden Prather, they really wanted, who would absolutely be their number one receiver. But uh, and and that that's what Stubblefield was blamed for not recruiting him. But Stubblefield maintains that the NIL wasn't in place and he couldn't. And I don't know who's telling the truth, but the 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 fact is they didn't get it done. So, so there there is a problem with with getting players that they need on the edges, and they just don't have them because they can't go downfield. Yeah, yeah. The new OCs are gonna. I mean, the wideout picture's got to change, and and the new OC has got to be a very. I mean, you could you could make the argument that any OC would be, but. It's got to be the right OC for Drew Aller. I mean, he's the guy, right? It's it's going to be him. It's great that they have Bo, but it's got it's got to be it's got to be he's got to be maximized. And um, I don't, you know, I don't as even though Mike recruited him and they had a great relationship, did did Mike maximize uh, Drew? I didn't I didn't really necessarily see that. I thought there were a lot of wasted play calls. Dave uh, James talked about it a bunch of times. Uh, he. A young quarterback, he wanted his young quarterback to start the game with confidence, with some easy throws. And there were a lot of times that Mike did not call the game that way, and there were not easy throws. I know Michigan's got a good defense, but James pretty much said that he suggested it over and over and over again. And whatever he suggested, I think Mike just called the game the way he wanted to. And if you're not, if you're going to do that, you better win. If you don't win, there's the door. Mike spent a lot of time in the Big 12. Uh Texas, Oklahoma State, those are different defenses, man. I mean, you can you can do a lot of whatever you want. And the attitude down there is, okay, you've scored, now we'll score, now you score, now we'll score. <laughs> it's seven on seven. I don't it's think it's good to be an OC in that in that other conference. than his one year at Ohio State, and which was one year, I don't think he's encountered this kind of defense. Plus um, Ryan Day was calling the place. Yeah, it's really <laughs> not on his plate. Yeah, but but he wasn't even used to seeing it other than that year. Um, so there was there's that too. I wouldn't be surprised to see him go back to the big one. This is the blue white breakdown. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey Dave, I just want just I just wanted to touch on it because it, it got a lot of, it got a lot of uh, it got a lot of attention and rightly so. If you want to go back to Michigan and just doing what they wanted to do, do you think at some point in the back of their brains they said, "Well, if we could just get up nine late, like late, no, if we could just get up, if we could just get them to like twenty four fifteen, maybe he'll go for two, not get it, and we'll just we don't even have to play the final two. You're trying to get me going, aren't you? I am trying to get you going because I think that's what the fans want to hear about. They want to hear about the exchange, how fired up you were, how fired up you were in the press box, and it was going to be. I'm going to I'm going to reiterate this. I like James Franklin. I think he's a really bright guy in a lot of ways. He just has a problem. Everyone has certain kinds of intelligence. I don't think he's an analytical guy, and yet he's trusting analytics that are that are one size fits all stuff. 
that someone handed him, I think. I mean, there's a video that people, I've, I've been getting scattered blowback for, on Twitter, especially from gambling analytics guys <laughs> and, and their followers who are all like 22 with, with, with handles like Trevor MH, uh, and, and they have no name. And they believe, they actually believe this, that this, this mandate that, oh yeah, that's, that's actually, actually, I'm sure they all will have read all of Malcolm Gladwell's books too, because he's a contrarian. Now, actually it's 52% more likely to, that, that the two pointer is more beneficial than when you're down nine. No, it, 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 this, somebody at ESPN did this video in this rationalization for that approach. But it really doesn't address time left on the clock. It kind of mocks the idea that you keep hope alive by just getting it within one possession. And it actually says it's not your job to, to make the fans feel, feel comfortable. You know, you want to do the right thing. for it. Well, it never really deals with time left. And the other rationale is that you, you, want, to, you want to go for two early enough so that you know whether you need one possession or two possessions to get back in the game. If it's a minute 59 left, how many possessions are there going to, you don't have time for two possessions. It's, it's like, it's like arguing with moon landing deniers. They just <laughs> don't, they just, they, they're caught on their, their little factoids and their data and they can't reason. You, there are no more opportunities. This is it. You've got one chance to get within one score, and then you've got to make a stop, and then the emotions of the game can help you. It's a home crowd. You've got an inexperienced coach across the sideline who might screw up. He hadn't so far, but he might, and you know, I, I know you, you don't really agree with this, but I think he was sphinctered up as much as he was reasonably conservative. And he was reasonably conservative and he made the right call. But I think he was very happy being retentive and not not screwing up, not wanting to screw up. He would have tightened up a little more. You turn the screws, you stay in the game. And if your guys can make a stop on what was almost certainly three running plays, <laughs> you get the ball back. And what is there? You, you had two timeouts. So there were 45 seconds. You get the ball back. You get the ball back. The crowd is all of a sudden the people who stayed are in it. And all of a sudden your guys start to believe maybe we can pull this off. They get better. That's the point. There are emotions in football. Football is so much about emotions. And if it was run by these little analytic geeks who got actually 53%. No, no, that's not who you should be listening to in this situation. Because each situation is individual. And, and that's what you had to do. And if you do score and get it to two, all of a sudden your crappy offense is exponentially more likely to get a two-pointer to tie the game. Do you agree? If the whole crowd, I mean, you've all of a sudden gotten them a little bit of confidence where they had none before. So every single factor in this decision favored going for one and getting it to eight points. And I am not going to argue with it about and anymore with these Twitter geeks because they're geeks and they don't understand. They don't understand any of this. All they can do is read their, read their data. Their data. Dave, the, other, the other thing the analytics guys never understood is that they couldn't fathom what a dumb two-point play call was going to unfold. It looked like the start of a Benny Hill skit. 
when it had like what was that like you, you're never gonna score on that I, I went back and looked at it i actually thought theo johnson was open Good call, coach. Get Someone out. Someone should do that with like fast, fast speed and uh, yeah. <laughs> like the black and white. So, are we going to talk about Rutgers at all? I guess we. I have would to love to talk about Rutgers. You, you have, you follow them fairly closely. The Big Ten Power Poll. I want everyone to um, disregard I, everything I said on the field at Beaver Stadium because I didn't know about the twenty-two nothing loss. I, so, Dave, I was funny. So, for for the Penn State fans, so we were we were getting ready to leave after filing all our stuff, and you came up to me and you were kind of whispering because people were on deadline. You're like, Bob, they're they're going to be flat. Rutgers, they have the style that can beat them. You watch. I'm going to pick them to win. And then right before you're going, I'm like, Hey, Dave. So they lost twenty-two nothing. You go. You go. Yeah. Yeah. I got. It. Yeah. <laughs> You told me they were leading six nothing. No, I said it was six nothing. Yeah, I did see it. I did. I actually was trying to. I was trying to lure you into a trap. <laughs> well, uh, it. I think it was three nothing when we went on to do the video. And this team is. You think Penn State's offense is dysfunctional? This. This is like Brian Ferentz level. And and by the way, Brian's Brian Ferentz offense went for four hundred and three yards against uh, Rutgers and. This is this is really bad. Um, their problem is like threefold, but their problem is not their running back, Kyle Manongai, who has really carried the entire offense, but he's he was questionable going into the Iowa game. Now he was hurt again in the Iowa game, and the kid's a warrior. I mean, he's going to run for 1,000 yards if he comes back and plays. Uh, my contacts at Rutgers think he's going to play, but he's, yeah, he's not 100%. He can't do the things he usually does. And against this Penn State front, it's probably, it, fronts like this have stopped him. Um, Michigan, Michigan really handled him. And it's, it's very sad because he's a hell of a back. He, he, he reminds you a little bit of Isaiah Pacheco and how hard he runs. Uh, but even harder, really. He's a, he's a terrific overall player, really blocks really well. Um, just a terrific back, and I hope he's not hurt too much. But the, the fact is that without Kyle Manongai, this offense has nothing. They've got no receivers. Their, their quarterback, Gavin Wimsat, is just untenable at this point. Rutgers fans have just had enough. They're saying, why? And he was ostensibly a four-star recruit, but you never really saw that. His his passing is just so inaccurate. It's It's like a a drunk guy in Tennessee firing a shotgun. You don't know where it's going to go. It's all over the place. There's, there's times when he's not even under pressure where he just airmails, throws, and there's no rhyme or reason to it. He's not an accurate passer, and I don't know how they're going to score. So, no, I'm not picking Rutgers. The line, the line is 20 and a half, I believe. That sounds Rutgers accurate. Rutgers has scored a total of 49 points against Penn State in nine Big Ten games total. Yeah, uh, Wimsat is the problem. They need a transfer quarterback real bad, and Greg's got to get that done at some point because they've got a lot of ingredients. they got a resolute defense. Um, they, they have had um, – I think I think they've got problems on defense too. Max Melton's been been a very good player for them. Um, I think it was uh, it was with Robert Lagerbeam. He he got hurt. 
he got hurt at the end of the game and limped off and never returned in the third quarter. Um, so they got they even got trouble on defense. I, I guess you could make a case that if they get a defensive TD somehow and maybe get a special teams TD and hope Wimsett has no interceptions, which he, he almost always throws a pick six. He, he very nearly did it against Iowa. They ran it back to like the six, set up the last touchdown. And try to run the ball. I don't know who the – if Wimsett does – I mean, if uh, Monongai doesn't play, it's going to be Sam Brown, but he got hurt a year ago, and he has no explosion really anymore. He's not the same player he was. Um, I suppose Aaron Young will play more than he has. He hasn't really played that much. So I don't know where they get points. It's, it's just a problem. And it's, it's, a, it's a pretty good defensive team that with Monongai could hope to beat you, but now he's hurt, and Wimsat, they got to depend on him, and you, you can't depend on him. Um, I don't see how they can score. Dave, I think what you're saying is Ray Lucas ain't walking through the door for the Scarlet Knights. Am I right? Remember Ray Lucas? They, they need more than that. They need, like Ray, they need Ray Rice, and they need Mike Teal. That's, yeah. the, two, yeah. the two Rays are not walking yeah. through the door. That's better. That's yeah. better. All right, give me your score, buddy. Um, 23 to six. I'm only doing that because I know you, I'm, I'm kidding. It's a joke. It's a joke. You know what else? Genius. You're a joke. Now get out of here. Score a me. Go ahead. Uh, it's 17 to nothing. Okay. I think that score has been made before, but okay. I think you're right. I I agree with you. And, uh, they just can't, they just can't. Rutgers, uh, kudos to them for getting six wins. I'm surprised that they couldn't beat Wisconsin. They would actually have seven. But that's it's been a pretty good year by Rutgers standards. They can beat they can beat Maryland at home. I mean, if Menongai gets healthy, they can beat Maryland at home. They'll have seven. And they won't have to go to the uh, Muffler Bowl in Detroit. What's wrong with Detroit? We're going to Detroit, my man. <laughs> you got something wrong with Detroit? You just you just ripped Tennessee, my man. <laughs> whenever you whenever you do Bo Pelini, it cracks me up. It's a guaranteed laugh. What do you think? <laughs> Do you do you enjoy Detroit as much as Chicago? Probably. Uh, Mark Brennan, uh, who we all know from the Penn State beat a couple of years ago, he found this bar by the uh, airport called, called Wild Willies, and it's one of my favorite places to go. Unfortunately, it's going to be Thanksgiving and they're closed, so I'm a little uh, I'm a little upset. But yeah, I do, I do, I do. I'm starting to like Detroit more. Let's put it that way. Went out and stand with the in-laws in Ann Arbor, and. Uh... I'm going out early. I'm going out Tuesday, so I'll have a I'll have a chance to. But I probably won't. I probably won't go out any place. You know. won't. You know why? You know why, Jones? Because you're chicken. You're scared <laughs> of wild willies. You've always been scared of wild willies. I'm not surprised. No, I don't want to make a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've already got ourselves in a lot of trouble if any Penn State coaches are watching this. But who cares? This has been the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live. <laughs>